are now listening to Beyond the Veil, a production of Holosuite Media. Tune in to our live show every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The following live broadcast may now be suitable for all ages. The views expressed in this show are solely those of the individual providing them and do not represent the opinion of the station, website, or any affiliated partners. Audience discretion is advised. Hello, Secret Worlders. Welcome to episode 206 of Beyond the Veil, the Secret World podcast. I am Antita, and with me tonight to talk about the Secret World MMO, we have Griff. Hello. We have Veritas. Hi. We have Jaguar. Sup, yo. We have Ocho. Hey, everybody. And we have Jared. Hello. So we're only missing Jingy. <laughs> we're only missing our gin. Only? Uh, I mean, come only. on. Only. Come on, Antita. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a full house. Almost a full house over here tonight. Uh, too bad there's not that much uh, in line of news uh, coming out of TSW. Like uh, you, Jag, mentioned um, just a few moments ago in <laughs> TeamSpeak. It's like, well, there's probably a lot going on and then there's a lot to talk about. They just can't talk about it yet. Pretty like, much. Are we there yet? Are we yeah. there yet? I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to hear... Maybe this can be a topic for today or another week before they actually tell us anything. But what... Because... They say the update's focused on retention and acquisition of players. So I'm curious what current players would need for them to be retained more and what fairly new or prospective players would want to be acquired and kind of what people would be looking for um, to get those things. That's actually a really good question and I wonder if they have actually done some market research on it i would assume not but you never know <laughs> see i was gonna say i would assume so because hmm. that's a pretty standard thing to, pretty standard research. thing to do oh griff 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 you've got to understand jack and i come from a position of pvp where we what you're the pessimists yeah well <laughs> not, you know, not, not even that though right because here's the thing right he, he, like honestly tsw had such a unique style of combat and pvp right and they could have leveraged that so much and because here, here's the thing right it's it's content that is always different and always new that keeps players in a game and 
what is a type of content that is always like that? PvP is always different. It's never even mm -hmm. remotely the same. So, I just, I just always remember that, you know, that whole thing that statistically the people like us who do podcasts, the people on the forums, were a small percentage of the people actually playing the game. So when you're looking at something marketable, that doesn't always mean marketable to us personally. It might mean marketable to all these other players that we don't even ever hear from. However, Griff, I think for a good cross-representation of the people who play Secret World. And therefore, I hope so. I think, <laughs> and I think, therefore, as a focus group, I think we're quite diverse in what they would be perhaps looking for. So, therefore, I think we're quite valid in what we're all saying. Um, but I would like to know if market research has been done on it, because <laughs> um, given that us PVPers have waited years for updates, and we eventually got Fusang. Um, yeah. Don't, equal... don't forget about this, the, 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 the beautiful disaster that is Shambhala. Beautiful oh, disaster is yeah. right. Why? I don't know. I, I quite, I, I quite like Shambhala because at least then. Since when, Barry? Well, well, <laughs> well, well. To be on, well, to be honest, um, at least that what we're here there's, for. there's um, a lot less hate in Shambhala. There's a lot less pre-mates in Shambhala, and I think there's a fifty-fifty chance of actually winning something. So I think your chances in Shambhala. Um, are actually probably better than in any of the mini games at the moment, and I must say Fusang's rocking pretty much at the moment as well. Oh, I love Fusang, yeah. yeah Fusang's I mean, been rocking since they updated it, and well, well, not really updated, but merged it. Absolutely, it, it's more than, it was more than just a merger. Yeah, it, it's it totally reinvigorated it, but we had to wait years for that to happen, and we'd been saying that in the forums for quite a long time about merging the groups, but it, it's worked. Um, so I would say Fusang and Shambhala at the moment are probably the two best places to be, to PvP, personally. And I mean, the easiest I, as well. Right, I don't PvP that much, but I do like Shambhala. And you know, actually on PvP, that... One of the things I've been wondering is um, it, f it feels like TSW attracts a lot of people who don't normally play MMOs, right? Which is awesome. I'm wondering if they want to start looking at attracting more players who normally do play more MMOs. And PvP would kind of tie into that because other MMOs, PvP is kind of a bigger thing. So, so there you go. <laughs> in general, in the industry, isn't, uh, isn't people who play uh, traditional MMOs a declining number? See, I, I keep, exactly. I keep hearing, I keep hearing back and forth on that. I hear yes, and then I hear no. So I'm, yeah, I'm not I, sure. I, I'm the same way. I hear both sides. It's like, oh yeah, they're they're declining, but yet they're also the largest they've ever been. So, well, I think the audience <laughs> is growing, though, isn't it? So, what might have been declining numbers or a percentage, maybe five Overall years gamer. ago? Well, no, yeah, like it's I probably think, I think if, if you include people who, like. If the blanket statement of gamers, whether that be console or PC or whatever, is growing, the percentage of that that is PC MMOs is probably declining, but it's still growing because the overall group of gamers is growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. So that's what mm -hmm. I was saying, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so how about this? Um, 
we haven't actually i can't remember whether someone mentioned it or not so when it comes to uh retention of players and you know all that jazz no one ever said free to play i'm wondering why uh, because <laughs> that, that's Silence. that actually never occurred to me <laughs> uh, honestly though like it pretty much is free to play with when you look at how often it's on sale on steam and <laughs> yeah, stuff for like five or ten dollars yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, it, like they put i don't know for me the biggest thing and i know this is probably the least likely to get addressed but it would be performance like optimization and game performance would be the biggest thing for me for retention and acquisition for that matter because if a new player starts the game and they can hardly move the second they step into a Garthid, they're not going to keep playing it. So, I don't know. I think also as well, free-to-play doesn't necessarily mean free-to-play once you're in the game. So, it, it's, it's, it's maybe that once you're in the game, you're going to spend money to be able to progress anyway, or... Uh, I, I don't want to say pay to win because I've already been no, harangued no. tonight for using that phrase, <laughs> but um, earlier on. Um, but I mean, the issues. Like, that's, right. like, that's I can not see, pay I can to see win. Yeah. To, uh, to like a Guild Wars 2 style where the base game ends up being free, but then you still have to pay for all of the, um, all of the issues. You still have to pay for all the, uh, the content that they've already produced so, uh, extraneous from the base game. What about something like what they did with Tokyo, right? So you can play like the first few missions in Tokyo in the zone now to get into the zone. You don't need to buy the issues. What if they did that with like King's Mouth only? Like you can go to King's Mouth. King's Mouth is totally free to play, but if you want to move on to Savage Coast and Blue Mountain and everything else, you have to buy the full game. Hmm. In any case, hmm. there is possibilities are endless limitless almost um but going changing the model from buy to play to free to play would that actually impact uh the big update that they're doing do you think that they would actually wait if it does go free to play if we do get a huge influx of players um just you know trying out the game and whatnot um do you really think that they would keep that on a down low and keep it until they actually announce the big update or to coincide it, you know, with that big update or would they just go, hey, we're free to play. Come on in. Oh, they'd coincide it with an update. Absolutely. I think um, a few weeks ago on the stream, uh, Osho and I were discussing it being a formal expansion and if they, there was a real substantial way of getting... Um, a lot of new payments in a formal expansion, then yeah, I think that's a great time to make it free to play. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, in any case, it will definitely be interesting. Um, um, How would uh, they go ahead, Barry? No, I was going to say though, I mean, looking at uh, not wanting to talk about other games while we're talking about Secret World, but if you look at what's on their catalogue as well for next year, um, Conan Exiles, another Funcom game, it's starting to ramp up as well. So I'm just wondering how they're going to manage that because uh, that could take some of the old um, 
Age of Conan players and Secret World players away from the game into the new game. So it probably need to coincide with getting more resources back into Secret World. But they... Okay, admittedly, there could possibly be uh, some overlapping with uh, work when it comes to Oslo team that's actually dealing with Conan Exiles and the Durham team. Uh, the live games team, so to speak, uh, that is dealing with the secret world. And from what we understand, they, Durham has nothing to do with Conan Exiles. I think a, a, anyone I can think foresee that's... that there could be some helping, you know, and, you know, it within the same company, uh, it always happens that one team is helping out another. Well, well, but to that's put how it was getting it I don't think I, I think what I'm trying to say is then from what you're saying Antida is they're then going in direct competition with each other because they're potentially with the update for Secret World next year early next year it is going to coincide with the release of another game I, I, I find that a bit bizarre actually from a business point of view <laughs> without getting too technical well, that that's happening but Conan um, Exile, Exiles uh, when does that when well, is it released? Well, it's going to be the the it's going to be released in uh, I think alpha form early next year. But actually, the first podcast of the equivalent of like I said, I don't want to advertise other games while we're talking about Secret it's okay. World, but it's a fun com game. Um, the first streaming ones for Conan Exile starts tomorrow. Right, I saw that tweet. Yeah. So. I, I, I'm just wondering if it's going to coincide with all of that happening as well to try and kind of take away from what they might perceive as of some players from Secret World going to... Um, because I think Funcom players are generally loyal to Funcom. Not For necessarily... The, sometimes. Yeah, not, no, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I know this, having been an Age Conan player. Um, so, so they will go from Funcom games, from one Funcom game to another Funcom game. Exactly. Um, so that's I was just wondering whether or not this update plan for next year will coincide with the release of Conan Excels to try and get new players in to maybe perhaps deal with the perceived players that might leave to go to Conan Excels. Although out I'm sorry, outside of those of us who already play Funcom games, the secret world in Conan Exiles are geared towards people who like very different games. Like, outside of those of us who are like, oh, it's a Funcom game, I'll try it out because I like Funcom. Like, for most people, um, they're geared towards very different players. Yes and no, right? Because Age of Conan and Secret World were quite similar from what I've heard. I mean, obviously different, but also had a lot of similarities. And so people who are playing Secret World who came from Age of Conan, even though Conan Exiles is a totally different kind and genre of game, it's the Conan... IP and a lot of people are very loyal to that IP and will go and play it and try oh, it. Oh yeah, 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 totally. I'm I'm talking about people who have not played any Funcom games. If they see something about the Secret World and they see something about Conan Exiles, those are two different types of game. Well, yeah. what I would say though that Conan is probably more recognizable as a trademark. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Uh, totally. You know, you know, 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, I mean, it's been going for as long as I can remember. But Conan is is, is still more recognisable. Uh, but equally so, the 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 flavour of the games, although very different, are very similar in the way that they're formatted and produced. It's good, you know, good storytelling. Uh, the graphics are very similar. It's it's different genres, but it's still very similar. So you know what. You know what I think uh, Funcom team should do when it comes to the secret world? If they are truly going to release book two, uh, when it comes to storyline of the secret world, um, next year. So if they do release that, I think they should treat it as... I want to say second coming of the secret world, second opening night, so to speak. So they should do a KCAS marketing campaign with a completely new video that focuses uh, on the story that takes things from book one and, you know, it leaves people wanting to find out more about the story because let's face it, TSW for vast majority of players is about the story uh, I can't really say that for a lot of them it's about combat because combat gets the most slack in this game but hopefully they'll uh, you know tweak that and optimize it and you know just in general make it better for people uh, but I would really 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 expect them uh, to take this opportunity to almost have, you know, a second chance at breathing life into the game in such a way that they entice people to come back in or to, you know, just get in. I absolutely agree, Antida. Personally, I would like to stop laying low in the limelight. It's hurting my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been a while. It's been what maybe what, a long, a few well, quite a few months. I've been laying low in the limelight, and there's only so many times a girl can lay low in the limelight. And I'm doing yes. that, but I want to not lay low in the limelight, especially since the Templars got such a bad rap at the end of the last story. So I, I we'll. we'll I'm just, I'm just off the mind to wait and see at the moment. Well, I mean, waiting and seeing is is good. Um, but uh, I don't think having uh, a new Conan game, I don't think it's necessarily going to steal people away necessarily. I mean, a rising tide raises all ships. Having or having Funcom start diversifying is is a good thing. That's what we want to see. Uh, the big companies start producing multiple genres, multiple whatever. I don't think necessarily that the people who are interested in playing Secret World and the people who are interested in playing Conan Exiles are necessarily going to be all the same people. They are two separate, completely different genres. One's a uh, building survival type game, and this is an MMO. Uh, equally so, though, I think you'll find a lot of Age of Conan players come to Secret World. Well, they and do, I know because this. Yeah, they're both MMOs, this. so they're both yeah. MMO players. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, different genre of games. But but what I, I think my point is, diversifying is good. I'm just wondering at the timing of both of these things happening with Conan Exiles probably coming at the same time as the update to Secret World. I just I'm just wondering, you know, what it's, the timing will be. Yeah, it, 
if if they're uh, if they want to play it smart, they will definitely not release it within a month of it you know each yeah. other I, I doubt uh, they'll be at the same time yeah i i don't I think it will be time. yeah so those there will definitely uh and considering what kind of uh rep funcom has in general for releasing new games um you know taking more time and making sure that there's fewer bugs as possible <laughs> um with uh, conan <laughs> exiles I, you know, just take that extra time. Not that I know how much time you have, but <laughs> uh, I think I think TSW is gonna have its update first, and then it's gonna be uh, Conan Exiles. Because if they're talking, okay, maybe we've like blown it out of proportion from those two simple, very simple sentences in their uh, financial report for you know what's coming up when it comes to this big huge update that everyone is working on in Durham uh, we've theorized we've speculated I think for two shows this is the third show um, that we're talking about this because we're all hopeful <laughs> that's why we all want uh, more content we want more players in the secret world we we want we want it all in the secret world, don't we? We want Hopefully the whole and a little secret <laughs> And a puppy for everyone. Yeah, Beagle. Beagle no. puppy. Yes. <laughs> no. What no. you get against Beagle beagles? No, I don't... I, no. They're not in <laughs> PvP, so... Well, uh, not okay. <laughs> Let's keep it that I don't way. Ke I keep all my pets, you know, in my pet inventory. Um, when I'm in PvP, I don't even. I just use Sprint. I don't even use a horse or. A, the, the, I just can't. It's just not maneuverable enough for me. Yeah, don't even get me started about mounts and Fusang. You've heard yeah, me talk about this. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Seeing a Templar in a pink scooter is not a good thing. You can't undo it. <laughs> A Templar on a pink scooter is better than a dragon on a pink scooter. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose anything on a pink scooter. Although I have a pink scooter. <laughs> anything on a pink scooter in PvP just. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Pink? No. Purple? Maybe. Uh, any kind of scooter. I'm, I'm not color prejudiced at all. I mean, the skateboards are kind of cool, but scooters, no. Really, no. <laughs> <laughs> So much for Scott's, uh, <laughs> I can so imagine Mary going to Italy and encountering all the Vespas over oh, there. Oh, no, uh, no, no, can I just say, in real this life... This is wrong. In real, in real yeah. life, I've had... I'm a Scottish life, woman. I do not condone this. No, in real, in real life, I've had, I've had a scooter in real life many years ago. However, I've not been in, in battle in a scooter in the middle of a war zone. So, yeah, no, no. Well, you're no. also not invincible. You also don't die and come immediately back to life, so, you know. Well, I do, because I'm a healer. Or every 14 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Jimmy says, oh my god, <laughs> it's the best to ride down an opponent on a horse and leap off to melee bomb insta-kill. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're a Templar, good on you. <laughs> well, each to their own, I guess, right? It is but, a little bit funny. 
but, 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 well, it is funny, Antita, but you're right in what you're saying, Logis- logistically, if that's the right word for it. You, trying to maneuverability, you that's can. the word I'm like, you, you can. You can't even, you can't even like, run, like turning on a horse will take you like, what, five full seconds? He'd go so slow. It's not just my FPS. Exactly. And, latency and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. And, you, and you know yourself that in PvP, that speed is sometimes the only thing between life and death in the game. So, you know, it, it's just it's just not worth it. Yes. Talk about PvP. Oh my god. Wonky health bars. I'm gonna start repeating what. <laughs> oh, please don't get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> health bars. Yep. HP oh my gosh. Bugged. Do we have any loomies in chat? Because we have dragon. No, Jimmy's loomy, right? I thought. I thought Jimmy. Jimmy the rabbit. He was loomy. I don't know why. He's dragon. Well, 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 he's a dragon. Okay. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I have a loomy and a dragon. And the Templars who all actively PvP, so <laughs> yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. But the most important thing there, and that's why you're for, you're forever going to be a Templar for me, is because your main is a Templar, and you have been a Templar for a long time before you actually her had main a. It's kind of debatable though. For for a while, <laughs> it was her Lumi, so I don't. It know. was yeah, it was my Lumi for a while. Well, yeah. she had to bring it up to speed with everything come on well then it's time <laughs> for her dragon to be her main yeah yeah, unfor- yeah unfortunately yeah there was second main and third main they're like one of <laughs> two of one three of one <laughs> well, let's go with boring i'm but, sorry but, i've been watching voyager <laughs> seven equal, of nine equally, just appeared equally so that that is an that's a good and a bad thing about secret world is that you can have multiple factions from a story line point of view from a PvP point of view, and know that there was a train of thought years ago that you should only be allowed to have one character or faction in PvP. You guys are nuts. Uh, Seriously, this, let's, let's, <laughs> let's do a head this count. Was, this a was count. a train. No, no, Antida, this was a train of thought in PvP years ago. Um, maybe, maybe a year, maybe about three years ago, maybe two and a half, three years ago, that. You should only have it was I'm sure it was a forum post that um, you should only be allowed to have one faction in PvP um, because there was some quite perverse behaviour happening in PvP where alts were logging on um, when other factions were losing and not so much now I don't think not so much now but um, I know that years ago it was a big thing. Okay, so from us here in studio. Uh, who has only one character that they actively play? You can have, like, you know, another couple of characters, but you barely ever play them. Me. That would be me. That's actually also me. I mean, I play my alt sometimes, but not all that often. Same. I don't have a single alt. <laughs> this is my only character. <laughs> I See, I have Antida. I have uh, three other slots occupied. One we actually started with Beyond the Veil, like when that uh, EP came out, we wanted to see <laughs> how yeah. easy it is, right? And we even did the stream on it. Um, but uh, yeah, I just 
I cannot foresee how people can have so many alts because you need to gear up that alt. Well, from a PvP point of view, yes, you do. It was a lot easier before they brought in the augments. Um, but equally so, it's easier to gear up an alt when you have already played the game for many years because you know exactly what to focus on. And I know a lot of people were rolling alts because of the introduction of the issues to be able to get the blue signet bags. So I think that's where a lot of it originally come from. Um, but yeah, as Mama Les said in Twitch, there was a lot of discussion about that in PvP and especially in Fusang. Wow. I, like, I know in game, I know people with five characters and they are all at end game. They can all actively participate in elite uh, raids. Uh, don't not sure about nightmare ones because well you need to grind aegis and i'm not sure where their aegis is but five alts yeah as davici like, said oh. yeah davici said xp boosting events as well so yeah uh, i mean there's people who have over 10 characters who can do anything yeah. but some aegis content I, I do know that when i think one of the first events one of the first events where it had the the cooldowns of two hours on the golems. I think it was the first anniversary event. Um, I was systematically logging on each of my alts so that I could participate in all the events rather than wait for the cooldown. See, and that, that I've done with my alts, yeah. I tried doing that, I got bored because I wasn't doing a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say with, with the equal footing buff, I mean, originally for alts who were quite low geared coming into PvP, um, it, it, it was an issue because they weren't geared and they were up against people who were highly geared. Um, whereas with the equal footing buff, it has taken away some of that. So you can literally, you, you can have a character with very little um, uh, gear. Um, if you know how to gear that character up you can come into pvp and be quite effective hmm. yeah that's the thing right uh i did come across a few people uh, while uh, going through elites who were like they were asking how how long we've been playing the game and so on and so forth so there's like two or three of us who you know have played the game for quite a while or at least the characters that uh people played were created way back when <laughs> they go oh this is my third week playing <laughs> and i'm thinking holy crap i must have been like that i don't even know what to call myself but i was freaking in kingsmith for like the first three months of the game <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think about running an elite right so it's like wow yeah but they made it they made they, they, they kind of i hate to use the word dumb down but they did dumb down the game quite a lot um when they made the, the the player experience um, much yeah, they made more. It easier, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So they, they did dumb the game down quite a bit, which uh, I have like good and bad thoughts about that because I think the for me the sheer fact that it was 
dark and difficult and actually testing me made me want to stay but that could just be because I'm a bit of a masochist like that because um, (laughs) (laughs) you know it made me want to stay and explore the game more because it was darker and more difficult so by dumbing it down are you bringing in a different kind of player set um, See, although, for you, it says dumbing it down. But for a lot of people, it's like making it easier because they just couldn't cut it. See, that's my, and that's, I didn't that's, see it as making it easier. I just saw it as just smoothing the curve. See, and I, and I feel like it was also, it was, I know you don't mean it like this, but when you say dumbing it down, to me, that says like the puzzles, and they weren't. Like all of that content was intact for anybody curious. But yeah, the actual combat and stuff. I don't know, I think I also, there was a part of me that very much liked getting my butt kicked on a regular basis, but I can also understand why that's not appealing to everybody. Yeah, because people want to make it to endgame in a space of a month. <laughs> or, or people are working, that was the other thing. When I first started The Secret World, I was unemployed for a while. I had a lot of time, I could check out the forums, I could learn how to work on my gear sets, I could, you know, let the Akab kill me 50 times and it was kind of okay. Uh, other people, they, they don't have that much time in the day and they, they're going to get more frustrated if they feel like they can't progress in the time that they have. Well, equally so. I, I was working full-time when I first started this game. I'm not <laughs> Bravo! I, I, so yeah, was I. I was. Yeah. I, yeah, I was working, you know, uh, you know, for about two and a half years of playing this game. I, I was I was working full time and um, but equally so now that I'm got I'm now that I'm a student um, I seem to be playing the game less. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy says I can get a brand new character to Tokyo in like two days, but experience helps a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. In two days, I sure hope so. <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to say. It's easier to gear an all up when you've been playing the game for a long, long yeah. time because you know exactly what you need to focus on and you know the missions you need had, to run. like, it down to, like, a fucking science. Like, he could get, I think, a character past the gatekeeper in, like, six hours or something by himself. Yeah. It's, without, without geared people helping him. So, yeah. He literally wow. had it down to a science. So is that something? How can that... you do it by yourself? You can't do it by yourself because you need elites, to complete all the elites. But like pugging them, as long as you had people queuing up for elites, like. Okay. Yeah, you just figure yeah. out what you need to pass the gatekeeper. <laughs> and the group abilities the... and poof, you're there. And the group finder really helps now with elites to get yeah. people through elites. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, so that's but does it positive. do them any favors? Well, this Let, is... let's be honest about this because, and here's here's what kind of made me think about this. We had a new player. Uh, it was a randomizer, elite dungeon. I don't remember which one it was. Anyway, the message pops up. You know, someone in your group has not completed this dungeon before, and the player actually introduces themselves, and they are wanting information about the fights right they are wanting to chat whereas the majority of the group including the tank and uh dps i was there i didn't care i was the healer but the majority of the group actually wanted to just get in and get out in other words like 
steamroll through everything and get the heck out and you know go to another dungeon or something else this player <laughs> i felt bad for that player because they were they were always like running behind you know they weren't even on a on a i don't know what speed level they had sprint level sorry so it was always like waiting for them and there was a fight that the tank just went in didn't care that the fifth player wasn't there and they were coming are we doing them any favors like do they realize what you need to do in a dungeon i mean but i guess that's kind of down to the I don't know if you can blame that on the the method of finding players as much as the players themselves. Yeah, I think that's more of the the group mates that went in with that person. But then equally so, um, you can't choose uh, your group mates. Yeah, and and you can't also be responsible for every new player that comes into the game. I think that's where we need to give a shout out to Sanctuary, looking for group, all of uh, you know these channels that offer help um, because it's not necessarily. You know, a, new, a, a player coming into the game, I know some nights I come in, I do group finder, I just want to do a really fast dungeon and then get out again because I just don't have the time. Right. Um, and I don't have the time to explain mechanics. Uh, I don't necessarily know the mechanics or all the mechanics. I don't profess to be an expert. But, you know, if you're gearing up and all is easier than gearing up as a new player. I think there's a distinction there, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. I completely I, agree I, with that. I guess in that way, the group finders, you know, it, it swings both ways. If you're a new player, you can't count on somebody wanting to teach you, which is unfortunate. But if you're an experienced player, you obviously using a randomized group finder, you can't count on getting experienced players. I, I guess in both cases, like, you could form your own group or you can take your chances. I, I've had... Yes, yeah, new players and say, experienced players can, can form their own groups just as just as easily, just as much as they don't have to use a group finder. And equally so, I have had like ex been in groups where players have left the group because there's been newer players in the group. Yeah, I, I've had an instance uh, just was a few days ago. Um, a tank got really upset over someone apparently using an impair um, one of the dps's and i tried to look for you know something that would make it look like you know by now you know what kind of abilities you know uh do what kind of animation and colors even and whatnot but the tank did not lose uh aggro once however they got upset because someone is using an impair according to them and they started a vote to retreat everything was going fine we were doing quite a bit of damage and i thought well there's no reason to retreat after the vote was unsuccessful they just left another tank came in and I just whispered uh, the tank, uh, there might might be someone who is inexperienced as a DPS, so there might be using an impair, not sure. The previous tank left because of that. We ended up 
just steamrolling through everything without any anything oh yeah it was hell raised everything was absolutely fine so yeah. <laughs> it's like well sometimes you know maybe there is blame being placed when there shouldn't be <laughs> oh and sometimes i mean when you get a player who doesn't want to learn that's one thing but sometimes if a player just isn't aware you, if you just hey just so everybody knows we definitely need dps to not use in pairs sometimes that'll do it in most mmos yeah exactly well yeah but uh yeah it, it kind of made me wonder like someone who may have been a solo player because in tsw we do have a lot of players who play even though it's an mmo but they play the content solo so it can be they can be playing the content for a year completely solo before they even decide to do any kind of group content i bet you anything that there's players out there quite a bit of them maybe who have not done any kind of group content who do rp who do missions you know and because a lot of it you can do well almost everything you can do solo right so oh yeah i i made it up through tokyo without ever doing i pvp'd some but I didn't do any group dungeon content until after I was already through Tokyo and like waiting for an update. So, so you, got you can bored. do it. <laughs> you get bored yeah, waiting. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That and that and I think um, Jenna and the Otters had some free time and we had a couple weekends where they were just, oh, we'll just run through all of them. We'll tell you what to do. So I'm, I am lucky in that regard. Not all players have friends in game who can do that. And I know any of you guys would have done that too. So apparently, I'm just reading the Twitch chat. Apparently, Mamales cleared up um, her inventory and got rid of some stuff so you can send her flares and scarves. Um, yep, go ahead and send it off to her. Yay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a break in the, in the dungeon talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, uh, Normal and elite dungeons, they're basically the same. Uh, you only, elites just give out more health to the bosses, that's it. Uh, in nightmares, it can get, it can get tricky, especially when you do a lot of damage and you can, uh, uh, glitch the boss, which has happened so many times, even in HF. Um, <laughs> you just go like, yeah, okay, fire it is <laughs> in Hellfallen, for example. And then there's that odd new player going like, uh, what? What are we doing? Why are we killing <laughs> ourselves? Why, why am I committing it? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we all ended up laughing because uh, the red targets did not show up, right? For one of the bosses, uh, like intermezzos, as I call it. And uh, we jumped down uh, for the fire to kill us. <laughs> and there's a new player there. <laughs> and they jumped down. They were like following our lead. <laughs> so they, they jumped down with us. And <laughs> you see their comment, uh, why am I committing suicide? <laughs> it's like, it's okay. Don't worry. It's all right. Of course, it was explained. But it, it, there are so many different situations like that where stuff glitches out because people are uh, doing so much damage to it do you think that due to the amount of damage that players are dishing out 
do you think that it would be um how do i put that what's the word i want to use do you think that players would actually like another kind of uh, another level of the dungeon with maybe additional mechanic i'm not talking about the aegis <laughs> i'm not talking about introducing the dungeons with aegis uh even aegis though there might be something oh my god that would be horrible <laughs> i mean honestly like once you've beaten the nightmare raids and farmed them for a bit aegis is not even a dps loss because you can get up to like a hundred percent conversion rate but uh that besides the point i mean yeah the dungeons have cool mechanics just slops uh, slap like another like uh three million health on all of them and we'd be golden i think aegis has um i'm not a fan of aegis and i don't see aegis as part of the game to me end of story um if i wanted to play a game with a different weapon mechanism i go play a different game end of story i think adding dungeons with ages in it makes entry level really difficult for newer players as well so doing like a heroic uh level of the dungeons where there's possibly a additional mechanics to the boss uh, fights in addition to raised health bars I think I've said this before actually on a previous um, show I think there's a gap when you raised the um, weapon levels to 10.5, 10.9 they didn't actually increase the difficulties of the existing dungeons therefore if you were 10.5, 10.9 then it was always going to be easier because those dungeons are designed for weapons or, or for any, sorry for gear that are 10.2, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, 10.1, 10.2. So there is a, a significant gap in between Nightmare Dungeons and Nightmare Dungeons. Um, so Nightmare Dungeons, sorry, as in without Aegis, and Nightmare Dungeons with Aegis. There's a huge gap there. And that's why there's a lot of players just uh, going through the Nightmare Dungeons like it's nothing. Like, yep totally um, there's nothing there's no there's no um difficulty there i mean the I, raids have nothing for those players too i mean people are three four men in all of the elite raids pretty easily so i feel ahead, like Mike. okay i i feel like some of those and i i had forgotten that i i had this thought at the time though i feel like some of those even after they raised the the gear cap they couldn't in fairness raise the previous content because that content it was always very important for them that you could play that just by playing through the game without a lot of grinding without having to you know beef up your weapons like they designed it so as you go along the game you can play this dungeon content at the level you're at yeah but the question was whether or not there was something missing and there is it's not saying getting rid of those dungeons or making them harder. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay, that, yeah. I was yeah. talking about earlier when yeah. you were talking about yeah. how they didn't they didn't raise the difficulty of those. Just oh, yeah. I don't really think they could have, in fairness. Fair but yeah, I, there is yeah. a gap. There is definitely yeah. there's, a gap. There's a, there's a huge gap between the Nightmare Dungeons and the Aegis Dungeons. But equally so, the Aegis Dungeons require you to purchase the Aegis Edition and grind through Aegis and Kaiden, and and to me, Aegis. 
is not part of Secret World. It's not part of the weapon mechanics for me personally. It's a different kind of way of playing. And that is is what I'm I'm thinking there is that it's it's a it's a very high entry level for a very small percentage of players. So if you want to I mean PvP has always been we're only five percent of the player base, therefore um, it's not good business for us to invest a lot of our resources into PvP. That's what we've been told. But yet Kaiden is a very small percentage for a lot of players, like 2.9, and getting to the Nightmare uh, Aegis raids is a very small percentage of the player base, yet that was invested in. I find that a bit strange, to be honest. But, but that was supposed to be the top of the game. That was supposed to be end game, right? But it takes so, so the long. game. The game's progression was supposed to take you through there. So after Transylvania, you get into Tokyo and you continue on with Tokyo, right? So I'm not sure if they intended to. They probably intended because here's the thing. Um, uh, what's his name? Bylos. Is it Josh? Oh my god. Joel. <laughs> Joel. Josh. Fred. Joe. Fred Bylos. <laughs> Mr. Bylos <laughs> said uh, before that uh, Aegis is here to stay. Now, they have listened to the player base and they have said uh, no. Uh, Aegis, the reason Aegis is in Tokyo and will stay in Tokyo is because that's where ground zero is for the event that triggered everything. Uh, this is where the filth has had the most time uh, to evolve, so to speak. So Aegis is not going to be in another zone that they might introduce. Now, well, whether they... Um like that explanation is a lore backtracking to make up for the fact that yeah. the players didn't like ages. Exactly. Uh, but you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> they found a lore-based explanation for right, it. Right, but it's still immersion breaking because like, let's say hypothetically this next zone is the Congo, which is what a lot of people are anticipating, right? Mm -hmm. um, you go into Tokyo and animals or creatures shipped from the Congo to Tokyo have ages. <laughs> yeah. So like that that whole explanation is is nonsense. It's their it's their way of trying to get around immersion breaking, but it's not actually for people who pay attention. So I mean honestly so I I think I think people who who dislike ages there's two ways of looking at ages, right? There's way number one, which is just having to like switch things and which most people just use an add-on for and then just like questing open areas right and there yeah it's not all that exciting it's pretty much just a hassle right but as somebody who's done all the nightmare raids and everything it can be used for a lot of very cool mechanics for group content and i think the people who who hate aegis um are people who haven't really or for one aren't maybe big group content PvE players, or for two, haven't tried the group content PvE content with Aegis, because, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of cool mechanics that they came up with to use Aegis for, besides just extra 
extra health, essentially. Yeah, I, I have and I have. Um, I, oh, <laughs> and I don't. Oh, no. Which, which Continue. is, yeah, and, and Lucid here in chat is saying that they must be the only person who likes Aegis. I liked Aegis. That is not to take away from anyone who I can't stand it. It's, it's, it's personal, like, you like it, you don't like it. I'm not going to argue somebody else. But there are players who legitimately thought it, thought and or think it is a neat mechanic. Like, it's no, it's no Lucid. It's, it's not just you, Lucid. It's not just you. It's yeah, okay. No. And... If you backtrack through our podcast, uh, you'll hear uh, we had like one of the major, <laughs> major, major freaking debates. Oh, yes, where, we did. When Xander was uh, still uh, in game and, you know, the mod just came out for swapping ages. And so it was like way back when in 2000, what was it, 13? Uh, so, wow, holy crap, three years ago <laughs> when we had this debate about the merits of Aegis and uh, is Aegis really as evil as in groundbreaking uh, and immersion breaking for a lot of people um, that they said at the time. So there was a lot of debates about Aegis's system in general uh, and I have a feeling this is just my own personal opinion that if you dislike Aegis to that extent then you probably a lot of the times uh, you struggle with it and you end up, you end up dying a lot and at end game, you know, it's like, well, no, it shouldn't be that hard. I shouldn't be dying. And it's just so frustrating. So you end up just being frustrated, irritated, and you decide to let go. That's it. Like just I, just I, on, I, the, on, like on the podcast so far, we've already had a number of people mention that the difficulty of getting killed by things while you're progressing in the regular story and the regular zones was an amazing, it was actually a good feeling. And I remember getting to Tokyo the first day it came out and trying to fight that first Aegis monster and being completely destroyed by that monster, even though it looked so harmless. But because it had this Aegis shield, I didn't I had no idea what to do. And it was another amazing feeling there. That's a really good point that. Yeah. But equally so, I've played it. I've gone through it. And I just didn't feel it end of story so you know i must be one of these weird people <laughs> you know well it's uh, not and, for and everyone I, right I, you know oh yeah I, I i was i was fully geared i was in purples um i'd been playing the game for a while uh i had a good build um i was killing things but i really resented the fact that it was a different for me a different game mechanic um it was a different weapon mechanic and I was just wondering why um, it had to be that. And unfortunately now, there's there's things that are relying on Aegis um, that you have to get through the Nightmare Raids and you have to then grind through Kaiden to be able to get to your 2.9 to be able to get into Nightmare Raids. And I think although it's endgame... Um, I'm not going to say it, but I will. It, 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 these raid items are coming into PvP now, so... Yeah, definitely now that's 
probably the most discouraging part of Aegis is how much you have to grind to get to that real endgame content, which is understandable since it is end-end-endgame content, um, at least PvE-wise. Um, but at the start of Aegis, like, even the, at, when Manufactory A first came out um, and all the hype about the new first new dungeon, hearing about the mechanics, hearing the devs talk about these cool mechanics with Aegis, I was definitely excited at that time. Though now I don't have much purpose to grind because I don't think I'm ever going to get to the point to do those Nightmare Raids. Well, there, there's, but there's a really good point. It's not difficult. But it is but, not difficult. And today, here's, here's a little tip. If anyone out there uh, feels like, you know, grinding Aegis is hard work, there's little shortcuts that you can do. One of them is you can buy uh, virulent... Um, hazard containers biohazard containers from the uh, orochi vendor uh, at the ginpachi park in tokyo it's you buy it for black bullion in packs i think but black bullion you can get everywhere uh today literally so, the only thing that holds you back ages wise is 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 getting the kits which you can only get from group content then. exactly it's you can but you can also purchase them no, but you Some can get them. yeah. But two point nine. When you want to get up to two point nine, you have to go through the dungeons. You have to go through um, the dungeons in group content, which to me and and again the point was made there. It's that thought that you have to keep on grinding and grinding and grinding. So therefore, is it just a step too far? Have they made the finishing post? too far away for people to actually achieve. I mean, not all of us have time to grind ages. And I take your point, Antida. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's what I've been doing on, on Very, is I've been buying the kits from Kaiden because the thought of having to grind them and spend the time. And don't get me wrong, I like Kaiden. I think Kaiden's quite fascinating. I mean, the Love Hotel, I just think, is hilarious. Um, and I think, you know, aesthetically, Kaiden's quite interesting. But and the storyline was pretty awesome. But again, you have to buy the content to be able to get through it. So have they made it just a step too far? I think Aegis is always going to be a personal preference. Uh, some people, I know I absolutely hated it for two whole weeks. And I like hated, hated, freaking hated it. And then I decided, you know what? It's you and me, Aegis. It's you and me. We're going to get through this. <laughs> And I slowly, I figured stuff out. I figured how not to die. It felt like I was back in freaking Kingsmouth with that one mission where you have to go through different grave sites and whatnot. Uh, that one was brutal for me because I was melee. But uh, little by little, you know, if you can't do content by yourself, group up. There's always someone around. There's always someone in, even in general chat. There's always someone in Sanctuary and Nugmares who's willing to help out. Um, so, you know, you don't actually have to join a cabal. Even if you play strictly solo, you don't even have to be a member of a cabal. Even though it helps, but 
there are ways to go about it. Uh, one of those ways is uh, you can, like I mentioned, you can buy those containers in order to level up. So you can technically you can level up even just to 1.9 very, very fast. And then you can level up to 2.0, right? So sure, it can get a little bit more expensive on, on the wallet when it comes to, uh, you know, 2.0 and upwards. And like you guys have mentioned, um, there's certain kids that you can only get uh, from group content. Uh, and unless you have God knows how many millions and billions of packs, uh, you know, the chances are you're going to have to go through some of those. But let me ask you this, Very. You're a PvPer. How much difference uh, do full QL11 have on play in PvP? Because we have that equal footing buff. Does that affect uh, things in PvP? It's not the equal footing buff that's the problem it's not the QL11 that's a problem it's the power of the raid items that are coming out of the New York raid uh, sorry the nightmare raids if you look at the items right and the specifics of the items that are coming out of the nightmare raids from Aegis into PvP then you will see what I'm getting at okay so that is still not balanced no. Is that what you're saying? That's still not yeah. balanced for no. uh, equal footing buff in PvP. Yeah. So there's a small percentage of players who have got the Nightmare Raid items in PvP and the power of those items have imbalanced PvP. Well, like, what are some of these items? Like, I don't even know what them. Um, oh, God, off the top of my head, I at, like, one, one o'clock in the morning... <laughs> That's not going to happen. You can ask. So we, we <laughs> basically have Subway Charms and uh, Brooklyn Bracer. We have them at. Um, see, the thing is, the same name. No, but you, right? you don't need to. Well, I was going to say, you don't need to buy. You don't need to buy the, the, an issue to get into the New York Raid Elite. You do need to buy Kaiden to get into the Nightmare Raids. So, and you need to grind to 2.9 to get into the Nightmare Raids. So, as Jag will tell you what the items are. Yeah, I mean, I can show the items. I'm happy to and whatnot. But I don't. Know, I guess I agree and disagree because some of these items, yeah, they're too overpowered for PvP or whatever. But I mean, the same can be said for a lot of the Shambhala signets, right? Um, and sure, you don't but, need to spend real Shamba money to get those. No, but the Shambhala signets, Jag, you can get from doing Shambhala. Without the Aegis. Without Aegis, yeah. The, the problem with the Nightmare Raid items, whilst it's fabulous that people are going through these raids and Nightmare Raids and have got to the end game, wonderful. The, the fact that they're available now in PvP has imbalanced and taken away a lot of the equal foot and buff good that it did for new players coming into the game. Okay, but equal footing buff never balanced compared to somebody who had full 
or a any amount of augments and segments. Uh, well, uh, well I, I disagree with that because not everybody has full augments and segments in PvP anyway. But when you have blue no, weapons, not when, at you all. Have blue, when you have blue weapons, Jag, they're actually more powerful than your purple weapons. Then equal foot and buff is a really good tool for new players coming into PvP and would hopefully retain and keep them in PvP. However, the new raid items that have come out, the nightmare raids that you have to have 2.9 ages for and the Kaiden issues are way overpowered for PvP. And we're seeing so that now in Jimmy, PvP. Jimmy says it's dust of the pharaoh and blood of the deep one king mostly. Yeah. Uh, so some so. gear, Lucid Nightmare is mentioning that some gear has specific buff, special buffs attached to them, like uh, extra percentage of crit pen and so on. So, I mean, the dust of the black pharaoh, I totally agree. Blood of the deep one king for healers. I still argue that anyone who's using that talisman to its full extent is going to be healing as a glass cannon in PvP if they want it to have its real effect, and thus a glass cannon healer in PvP is easy to take down as long as you focus them. So it's either, like, I don't know, I, Dust of the Black Pharaoh, yeah, it does stupid amounts of damage, but Deep One King, I, I disagree that that one has a pretty straightforward counter, in my opinion, so... So there's a bit of an well, imbalance. It was, you know what, Jag, uh, you went against how many, around about seven or eight Templars in a facility. And if you have, do you have any of those uh, new talismans in your PvP build? Obviously you do, right? Uh, I have one but i'm not using either of the either of the ones jimmy mentioned so, i can i'm using in, one that in basically, any case yeah. you, you're using probably better gear than what we have <laughs> the no, one i was no, using is not that's my build and having played the game for three and a half years and grinded out a bunch of stuff and knowing how to move yeah, and how to counter enough. things yeah that, that, that's not gear that yeah, kept just, me alive i was just gonna say that you know, um, with equal foot and buff, you know you can you can put new players into equal foot and buff with the same build as maybe somebody's PvP'd for years, and you know they might not have the same performance purely because they don't have the experience. And it's about being able to move and about knowing where to move and as a healer knowing line of sight and you know how who to heal and what to heal and when to heal. But unfortunately, these new raid pieces are going to people who have got experience and know how to use them. So, okay, but more we have to say one thing. Uh, true, there there seems to be for some players uh, what seems like a great divide between those people who have the absolute best gear in the game uh, versus those who do not not even close some some of them some are very close but still not there yet um, but that's always going to be the case when new content comes out and as time progresses and more people realize 
just like they grinded uh, nightmares um, in order to get the custom gear up to, you know, 10.4 or 10.5. Then they had to grind um, the uh, New York raid, which was just the only raid uh, that they had to grind in order to get those infamous astral fuses and criterion upgrades and those were so far and few in between when it came to drops so it, it took a long time for you know for us for me personally to be able to say hey i'm full 10.5 <laughs> just as i managed that it was like well crap that means absolutely nothing because now i can go higher than that so how do i do that right so let's grind to 10.9 let's go to 11. so there's always going to be someone who is going to be better geared that's not going to keep forever no, I would disagree with that. Just a little, little no, spark. No, I, I would disagree with that. And, and it's a good point, Auntie, and you're right from a PvE point of view, but from a PvP point of view, um, when the augments were introduced, what happened was PvP took a huge dip because a lot of the PvPers were having to grind the scenarios to get the augments before you could buy them at the vendors. And... That and, and can I just say as well, there was a lot of people who left the game because they couldn't be bothered to grind the augments to be able to play PvP in order to be able to perform. Now that's yeah. what happened when the scenarios come in. And again, I've documented that in the forums years ago when I, right. I said that. There was a huge dip. Now, what we've got here is the equal foot and buff. It's absolutely fabulous for new players. The whole point of PvP was to try and get people, new players in and keep them in and make them feel like they were actually effective in doing the job. But what's happened now is with the introduction of these super OP items that are going to take years to grind to get them, you're going to have people coming into PvP who are new and not going to stay because they're going to get wiped out by a lot of the other experienced players, which, yes, would have happened anyway because other PvPers have experience, but the players might have felt that by their builds were more achievable in getting at that point, what is now facing endgame Kaiden is just not going to be um, accessible. Just as been said here, it's, is it a step too far? Personally, I would like to see all so you, raids. So, I, I was going to say, just say personally, even New York Raid, I know New York Raid was 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 getting, um, when it was first introduced, um, it was, you know, for the Astral Fuses and the, the Criterions, but you didn't have to buy issues to get into the New York Raid either. So the New York Raid was accessible for a lot of people, whereas Kaiden isn't until you reach Endgame and you buy issues and you have to go through that so so what would make the situation better for you and undoubtedly for many other pvpers is that equal footing buff be adjusted so that it takes into consideration the uber uh powerful ra nightmare raid talismans well again um 
I said years ago as well, there's raid items. <laughs> raid items in PvP should just not be included, full stop. We should just have it purely on Talisman 10.9, 10.5, ones that you actually make or buy. And it should be down to skills and abilities rather than who has the best gear. So then Signet shouldn't be included either then, or Augments as well. Signets, no, Augments, Augments I've never thought should have been included in PvP, but they are, so end of story. Signets uh, are more available to people than, it's all about availability. But, but so here's the thing, like, people who, PvP is all about, like, theorycrafting and, and countering each other's builds. And I, I mean, sure, th there's items that, that, there's really only one Nightmare Raid item that is is broken because everything else has a counter or is within reason and that's that's not me being biased or having them that's me being straightforward i mean but dust also of, dust I of think... the black pharaoh yeah it's broken it's broken even in pve but everything else is either counterable or or is just Can, yeah if you're if you're working with groups of people no, I mean, not, no, not even not even well, because because that that that's the thing that TSW's PVP has been about since day one, right? There is no perfect build. There never has been. There never will be. I absolutely agree, Jag. I totally agree with you there. It's all about theory crafting, and that's why let's take out those raid items, and let's make it about builds and skills and abilities and be being able to counter it. Yeah, yeah, but those items add so much to the theory crafting. No, they don't. They just yes, add. They o do. They're OP items. No. They're OP items There's from raids that you get. There's one OP item. Well, in Kaiden, well, take out all raid items. I've said that. I've always said that. Even about New York raid elite items. I disagree because I, I think they add a huge layer to the theory crafting. There's, there's, uh, so, well, there's so much more you can do with builds well, with well, just a couple of basic items from New York raid. You know, make it all about abilities and skills and let's see what happens but tsw pvp just has never been that it's, it's not it's not been about that it's, it it's was, been about builds it was when they introduced the equal foot and buff that was the whole point of it was to make new players but able to to one, successfully one iteration of equal footing buff because no iteration has ever done that but really successfully but that should, and that's what should have been done. Yeah, I'm running blue weapons in my build. Now, I'm sitting, I'm sitting with about, what, 15, 10.5, 10.9 uh, weapons, purple weapons, that I geared up before the equal footing buff, and now I'm running with two blue weapons and a blue headpiece. So equal footing buff is pretty good, but unfortunately... By adding the layer of the raid items and making it inaccessible for a large percentage of the player population, and I'm sorry we're talking about PvP here, um, is 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 it's taken away I'm from. I'm just sitting that... here listening to you two argue. It doesn't happen very often that you do that. Same. Uh, I'm 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 honestly, and this is going to sound obnoxious. But I'm honestly curious, like, we were just talking about how it's such a small part of the player base that does the top-end content. Is there really that many people who do the high-end content and do PvP that it's, like, affecting everything? No. Is that just... okay. Yes. No. <laughs> no, yes. I think that's Let's settle on maybe. <laughs> because here's here. the thing, right? Like, 
Oh, Jag, you just have to look at what's happening at the moment. And I do, and then... Yeah, well, you know. more people... Here's the thing. More people... I know people are dabbling into... Not dabbling, but they're actively trying to beat the Nightmare Raids. Uh, more and more and more people are going to get through that content, end up getting... Um, those talismans that we're talking about right now and things are going to equalize and I'm not in saying that I'm not um, very I'm not dismissing what you said about uh, the talismans being very overpowerful for PvP at the moment that might change that but can might I just change. come in just come in there just quickly Antida the, the, the problem is is it's what's happening now. It's not when these people will get there, which will probably be in a year or 18 months' time. We need people to feel like they can play it now, not in a year and a half's time. <laughs> right. Well, you know, let's we... <laughs> hope that this retention of players happens in the first quarter of 2017 rather than what we suspected would be for like the anniversary <laughs> at the end of June beginning of July yeah you're right eventually people will get those pieces it's not when they'll get well it's not if they'll get them it's when <laughs> yes and uh yeah dogs barking uh, cats meowing I'm just reading <laughs> comments in Twitch we, do, we have a zoo combined zoo <laughs> yeah so you can always hear dogs walking in the background and you know doing things here and there so don't be surprised by it <laughs> that's not something we can we can't really lock our pets away <laughs> no and I'm, I'm pretty sure that was mine he's upset because I'm on the computer in the room with the cat that's got a baby gate up so the dog can't get in and eat the cat's food. So the dog randomly got mad at me because I'm not out with him. But I think he's being quiet now. Yeah. yeah. The point The point is that everyone's opinions do have merit. And everyone raised very valid points uh, throughout all this. Not just for PvP, but for PvE as well. Um, and... Uh, just remember one thing that in getting pvpers to have to grind uh, scenarios likewise uh, non-pvpers pveers have to grind shambhala which is a pvp zone in order to get the best signets in the game so there's give and take give and take <laughs> at or times it feels that it's just giving or just taking but there's probably a little bit of both. Or grind the packs and buy them from the auction house, because that's what I do. You can do that uh, just like for, for augments, you can do that for the um, for the Shambhala Signets. Absolutely right. <laughs> Absolutely right. Or you have some overpowered friends who are just like, yeah, you know what, yeah, I have this purple. Yeah, just here, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, it can happen. You never know. Um, before we go, I just want to give a shout out. Uh, we've had, uh, you might have seen a familiar face beside the Beyond crew today who is hanging around for like that entire PvP discussion despite being a new player. Uh, that was uh, Lemming. Oh, who, um, <laughs> um, 
And uh, earlier, Griff mentioned that she saw or she was seeing things about people seeing more new players thanks to the Humble Bundle, that uh, which was last week. And uh, yeah, uh, Lemming bought the bought the Secret World in the Humble Bundle last week. Uh, bought from Brazil, which was uh, which they were unable to buy it. F- um, without the Humble Bundle because of restrictions and Steam and stuff. And, um, yeah. So, I think we are seeing a lot of new players. In general, I like hanging around Kingsmith and Agartha, finding new players and asking them if they're new, then giving them, like, the my extra greens and whites from the events. And that's how I found some... Uh, there's a few new people who I gave, uh, gave some items to today. Griff, wasn't it you who has mentioned nice. that there was a lot of new players in the game recently after all the sales. I, I had heard some people saying that on Twitter and I hadn't really got, gotten a chance to scope it out myself, but it is, it's something I've heard a few times on Twitter that people were walking into Kingsmouth and going, wow, there's new people here, which is always cool. There we go. So Jared, <laughs> you probably encountered some yes, of them, which, which is, is awesome. absolutely awesome. Yeah. And I did mention, uh, because this person is from Brazil and they can't, um, they were having some pr- trouble buying like the Ultimate Edition, so they can't really reach Endgame, I told them that if they're interested, um, you don't need to reach Endgame to do PvP. So I put that in for you guys, the PvP. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> Aww. Well, apparently now they do, <laughs> according to some. <laughs> Only, only, <laughs> you know, only, there's only a few players that have these in-game gear, but, it, so at the moment, it's fine, well, at the moment, it's okay, um, but eventually, this might become a problem, that's all I'm saying. No, absolutely, if something, something is to be addressed, uh, it, it will be brought to the attention of the development team and they will look into it. Um, I'm pretty sure they don't want to, they don't want to, I can't really speak for them. That's the bottom line. But from everything that they've done so far, um, the indication is when there is a problem, they will address it. If they're not able to do anything at the moment, they will let the community know. And... To find out, um, you know, or maybe to pose questions to ask Segway. Yes. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, um, we have a new episode of the streaming ones at 3 p.m. EST uh, at uh, twitch.tv forward slash funcom. So uh, usually they do have like a Q&A session for a few minutes, if nothing else, uh, at the, uh, towards the end of the show. So do join if you can. Um, probably we won't hear anything about the huge update in 2017, but we might get some, some info uh, or, you know, info on ETA for the Christmas event. That would See- be fun. Do you know, again, whilst I think it's great having the streaming ones, it, I don't want to go back to what I originally started with, but that totally clashes with Conan Exile streaming broadcast as well. Full circle. I know. I mean, that's that was a good that was a good segue, and that's quite impressive given that it's like half past one here. Um, 
but yeah, so that to me is just like, I'm going to have competing priorities tomorrow night. Yes, you will, because you're waiting for that Conan Exiles like crazy. I, I, I mean, uh, you're going to disappear from TSW when Conan Exile comes in. Comes out, I should say. <laughs> I mean, this is talk about torn loyalties here at the moment. But that's fine, though. They play whatever makes you happy. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. But I want to listen to both streaming ones. <laughs> <laughs> so are they at well, the exact same time? Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is what I'm trying to say about Funcom. It's like way to go. Funky. That's, that's, Are they that on is. the same yeah. channel, though? Uh, 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 no, they're not on the same channal, but I can't watch... Well, I could, because I'm a woman, I multitask. Um, I can and you could you, you could watch one and then catch the other one recorded, which yeah, but is still is not me. as fun. I know. I know but it's not me, as fun. To me, this is like, wh why are Funcom <laughs> doing this? It's like, from, from a project management point of view, this is just so bad planning. No, you're right. If, if Funcom, if you're listening space them out a little bit yeah, yeah exactly. at least do yeah. that one after the other at least some of us want to play both games so yeah anyway i thought a few weeks ago on the stream they said that they would be in alternating weeks or maybe i just assumed that because they said both streams were going on you know did they did they push the streaming ones back again yes they did that's okay. why Wait, that's says, why the original the plan they would have been alternating is... Jimmy the Rabbit in chat is saying that Conan starts two hours before the TSW stream. Then my mistake. Then. I so you you made us go through all this <laughs> <laughs> for nothing. So Funcom, if you're listening. Hey, listen. I think I'm a woman. I'm sorry. Mary says she's very yeah, very hours. sorry. No, I'm a woman. I can multitask. I didn't say I can read the time properly. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point, Mary. Just like I can't read maps, so let's not even go there. Oh, God. So, do you ask for directions? Uh, I don't even ask for directions, I just get lost. <laughs> You're a lost cause, then. Oh, seriously, don't even get me started in this game with GPS, really. <laughs> it's like, what's that? How do I use that? I don't well, there's know. A, there's a there's a tunnel in um, one of the uh, oh goodness, there's a tunnel in one of the Transylvania storylines. Um, is it the factory? No. Um, oh, it's been that long since I've done it. But anyway, there's like one way in and one way out. I have got lost in that. <laughs> oh, God. I, I really Can have, yeah. Oh, even hey. even though there is a navigation of northwest, south, and east at the top, I've still got lost. <laughs> Okie dokie. Alrighty, so we got to bring the show to a close. Um, before we do go, um, we've mentioned already that... Um, TSW was on 30%. Uh, well, it was on a huge sale on a number of websites. Um, and uh, Funcom themselves have had uh, everything in the TSW item store on a 30% discount. Uh, that ended on Black Friday, I want to say, November 28th. So hopefully you snagged some maybe lockouts or um, anything that you might have needed. Some Signet boosters for those Shambhala matches. 
and stuff like that whatever you wanted uh, from the item store uh, now just before we go we do have a couple of um, player run projects or events or I should say end events uh, one is by our Jingy uh, Krampus Carols 2 Revenge of the Carol and that is um, the winning carol uh, will be read uh, on the stream once uh, and you have the entire month of December um, in order to um, to create your uh, Krampus carol um, they are looking for three to five stanzas uh, original of course, it has to be an original carol based around themes considering the secret world. It can be anything from funny to horrifying to holiday cheer, something to sing about, those dirty Phoenicians stealing Christmas again. <laughs> so about a whole bunch of stuff from the secret world. So three to five stanzas. Um, you have to submit everything by December 30th at 12 a.m. Central. And uh, winners will be announced on December 31st and January 1st. And uh, it, there's some absolutely fantastic prizes um, that uh, Funcom themselves have sponsored. The grand prize is uh, 1200 um, Funcom point outfit of your choosing, which will be gifted. And then you have 1200 bonus points and of course as I mentioned entry will be read over the Funcom stream second place is an outfit uh, which is uh, 1200 Funcom points uh, you choose it it will be gifted to you uh, plus 600 uh, Funcom bonus points and third place is 5 million packs plus 300 bonus points so yeah a whole bunch of stuff uh, last year's was very very popular um, and uh, it was absolutely great to see all the entries so if you can uh, if you like creating poems um, do uh, give it a shot you have like i said the entire month of december to do it now we have the second um, it's more of a project uh, slash event. Uh, it's by Razdeck. Uh, it's an art and video project um, event. Um, and that is going to take a while uh, to complete. Uh, it's going to take place over a few months and it has uh, several tiers to it. Um, and uh, it concerns basically uh, video guides on uh, all Nightmare Dungeons. Um, this is going to be done in collaboration with uh, Cinnamon Tea's um, Cinnamon Tea, whose artwork will be featured uh, on the videos that Razdek uh, will be doing on these Nightmare Dungeons. Um, for all of these uh, event information and uh, a whole bunch more of course go to the forums um, and uh, do check out the horn god section this is where the community posts their projects their events uh, that you can then support by participating or by donating or just you know being a part of them alrighty so that's it for tonight 
thank you very much for joining us for what uh, ended up being quite some passionate discussions <laughs> on PvP. Close your eye on that with me and Jack here. <laughs> yeah, very head to vent. She wasn't she wasn't around for a long time. <laughs> she was studying, so she just had to vent. <laughs> we can just call it verbal PvP. Verbal. Oh, I'm yeah. good. Uh, yeah, I'm really good at that. <laughs> as well alrighty so until next week uh, the our next show is on 8th of December another Thursday 7pm uh, EST right here on twitch.tv forward slash wholesuite media we look forward to seeing you then take care bye 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 bye